Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hi, this is Jackie Cation, and you are about to listen to The Dork Forest since 2006. And it is on iTunes, of course, where you may have received it. You may have gotten it at dorkforest.com. Feel free to review it on iTunes. It, we are part of the All Things Comedy Network, allthingscomedy.com, where my new hour special, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, is available for $5 download. Knock yourselves out. My website, JackieCation.com, has a player if you want to just listen to it uh, and you don't want to do iTunes. And JackieCation.com has everything. It has my stand-up schedule. It has a merch page where you can get Dork Forest t-shirts and even order a Dork Forest hoodie if you like. All of the shirts are made in America because while I'm willing to wear clothing that are made by toddlers, I'm unwilling to sell clothing made by toddlers. The hoodie, special ordered for some reason, still made in the Philippines. I don't know why. Possibly because they're super cozy, and I don't sell that many of them, but I should work on that. Anyway, there's a chance to donate to the Dork Forest. If you enjoy the Dork Forest, feel free to donate. A hundred bucks a year makes you a super fan, and you could do that in one chunk of a hundred bucks, or you could break it up however you want, because I have not made that easy for you. It would be $8.33 a month if you want to do it. You could also just order stuff if you want Dork Forest t-shirts or CDs or DVDs. I have three CDs out and one DVD, and you can order all of them. Uh, you could order a T-shirt, you could order a hoodie, and that will also support the show, and I totally appreciate that. Yeah, just so you know, the DVD of The Horcrux is Friday Second Show. That is the video. And the CD is Saturday Second Show. I don't know. I didn't videotape that one, but I like that set better, so that is the CD. The DVD is approximately uh, 56 minutes long, and the CD... About 40, 48. So they're different sets, but they're the same material. And it's uh, it's weird, but I like it. The credits. Let's credit the people that make this show possible, quite honestly. We have Mike Rickberg, who sang the intro song and composed the intro song and sings it with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. And he will sing Mexican Hat Dance at the end of this. The audio. The audio is fixed every week, and the teasers are created by... Mr. Patrick Brady, Mr. Patrick Brady, friend of the show. Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. So if you're looking for someone to do your website, go to JackieCation.com, scroll down, and click on that link. All right, let's do this. Enjoy. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm at Akon, but it is, this is non-anime related. Uh, sitting with me, Andy Ashcraft. 
Uh, my, my in-house resident game uh, designer um, expert, and our guest today, Josh T. Jordan. T, yes. as in Tiberius? Uh, I wish. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the program, Josh Jordan. Well, thank you. What is your Twitter handle so uh, people... At Josh T. Jordan. Oh, catchily enough. Uh, spelled like all the normal. It isn't Josh with an umlaut. No? Uh, Josh Jordan, like a country and a basketball star. But somehow pizza people still get it wrong. Oh, interesting. That is, uh, that's, that's a special gift all by themselves. Yes. So you have made RPGs, tabletop, and, um, and you brought, I brought a couple comics, of or you brought the, these the, are the books. These are the, oh, RPG books. Yes. Tabletop. All right, so we're talking tabletop gaming today. Mm-hmm. That's yay. why I brought Andy Ashcraft <laughs> with me. Uh, yay. All right. Yay. One of my favorite things to do. All right. Well, start asking him questions. Well, first off, I have to say that I I I, I bought heroin under somebody's recommendation last year. Oh, right on. The PDF. Uh, through, yeah, the PDF through through um, drive through RPG, mm-hmm. and uh, and really, it's really quite interesting. Well, we haven't you. I haven't played it, but I've read through it, um, and so I'm excited to know that you've sort of pushed forward with this sort of storytelling mechanics. So heroin, um, if people go, what, what is, um, what, what website is that one available at? Uh, you can find the digital copy of everything at drive through T H R U. Okay. Through RPG.com. And there's, uh, everything that's in physical form is at indie press revolution. Okay. Okay. And, um, and what they are is there, is there books, to create your own adventure kind of thing, right? Like D, like D and D. Yes. Okay. And the fact that you've read the books, Andy, and oh, not played the game, right. uh, is a classic RPG moment. <laughs> and so we're like, well, I don't have anyone to play with, but I will read this book at we'll least read, once. We'll read the book. And then, uh, <laughs> the, the digital sort of revolution, the ability to get them just electronically has, has only increased that part of it. <laughs> yes. That's not really a problem as long no. as you're still having fun. Right. Yeah, I suppose, right? Right, right. And it's, it's, uh, well, tell us a little bit, why don't you tell us about heroin? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, all of my games, and heroin is the first that I was able to publish, are part of a tradition called indie role-playing, which is just a fancy way of saying... No, there's no big publishing company behind it, even compared to D and D, which doesn't seem huge, right. and yet they make. But it's huge. They it's make huge. Millions of dollars. Okay. For a book company, they're not that big. Okay. Well, uh, the ones I do, I am able to publish as a very small one to one and a half man company, oh. and there are lots of those. And heroin is the first <laughs> one that I've done. Okay. And. and uh, and I've just sort of become aware of this since going to Gen Con last year and going and, and having conversations with people and then having, like being exposed to all this crazy stuff that's happening in the indie RPG world that I had no idea. Okay. Like, there are games for everything. I mean, like. Oh, much like comic books and, and like comic books they can be about anything. Manga, they can be about anything and the mechanics can be about anything or nothing. You know, a lot, oftentimes they're. It's just a story or. Just like. Here's here's a world to play in and go wander yeah. around in it. Right. And the ones that I uh, heroin we'll just talk about heroin for a second. Yeah. That's the one uh that I came out with. It's only been 2 or 3 years, but basically uh a lot of the movies and stories that I like as a kid um that were kind of in the fantastical world. Yeah. Uh, had heroic kind of teenage girls in them, um, like Labyrinth or 
Alice in Wonderland. Or, okay. You know, uh, Wizard of Oz even. And that would be a terrible D&D game, but it's a fun story. Okay, because, because D&D is more a smash and grab kind of yeah. thing. And, and so... It's, and it's party... You know, it's, oh, and it's, it's party... A of, it's a group of people... And oh, it's, it's not solo quest, right, right. coming of age lady right, thing. Right. Okay. equally important, and they all kill things. Okay. Which is not what, you know, say, Labyrinth is really about. There's, there's more than one interesting character. Okay. But the role-playing isn't really there. So I made a game uh, that does that sort of story, um, and uh, I have since come out with a couple of supplements for that like oh what if uh, one guy I know has lived in Japan for a long time and he wanted to kind of translate it into a more of a historical Japanese oh, okay uh, teenage girl which is still not a good D&D game but is an interesting story to explore so he kind of went off and did his own thing and that one that you've got in your hands right there Girls Elsewhere right is actually uh, several of these indie game authors got together and they each wrote a chapter which is a different world so one guy oh uh, he lives in the Philippines, and he knows lots about creepy, creepy uh, Filipino mythology and these <laughs> monsters. And with ah, that's cool. And so he basically said, oh, yeah, what if you traveled into a Filipino mythological world? Yeah. And I was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So when they, when they, like, you essentially through your online sort of presence, you got to meet these other writers and, and artists and authors. And they were like, I would like to play in your world as well. Yeah. And you're like, yes, please write. So is this, uh, am I pronouncing this right? A mod? Is this its own, like, uh, their own little stories within that you can then take the, the yes. game mechanics from heroin and play in these stories? Yes. So the girls elsewhere yeah. is a is a supplement book. You could call it a setting book. Okay. Like, I, I never remember wrong to eight different settings. Okay. So you would, for, in this particular case, you would need those two books, uh, right? In order to use what's in girls elsewhere. It's right. like American Girls dolls, but uh, <laughs> but more adventury. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you can actually play uh, your American Girl doll character. Oh, this war in these games, right? I might not personally. Enjoy <laughs> no, but if someone were into American Girl dolls and they wanted to take their their sweatshop worker kid, uh, which is what an American Girl doll is, they're like in their weird American, like it's they're never like it's what the one girl's a slave, another one's but like some of them are, are are wealthier, right? Right, they have wealthier ones, but right. they have poor kids, and they have you know, and um, so but they're all they're the the initial one is like. I, it's cool that you went with like a coming of age because there's so many coming of age boy stories mm-hmm. that this is really fun for a market that doesn't always you know have stuff for for women. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, and we do see a lot more stories about them, like you say, like Labyrinth and Alice in Wonderland, and there's like there's uh, and I guess Wicked. Um, oh right. I'm sorry. Not, not wicked. Um, Maleficent that just came out, right? Which is essentially the which is essentially that wicked that sort of story for um, oh for little kids. For the, well, the, for the for the girl, the Sleeping Beauty girl. Oh, okay, because she's you know, I, I, and I've only seen the trailer, so sure, knows, right? but <laughs> go forth. I'm willing to I'm willing to speak about it at <laughs> length. No. Please, <laughs> please hold forth, hold forth about how great but this film is. The, the, uh, I believe that you know a central character to that is the Sleeping Beauty character who's 15 years old. Okay. So this is sort of her 
awakening, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of these are. Like in Labyrinth, it's about about, about the girl's awakening and sort of realizing self awareness, you know, becoming self aware. Okay. Um, but what I like about these games is that instead of the mechanics being about you know fighting or you know breaking open doors or you know mm-hmm. uh, treasure gathering, it's a the mechanics themselves are about the storytelling, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, where did that come from? Where where did that? Yeah, what are the mechanics? How did, that, how did you get there? Well, uh, the two things that I wanted to do in in heroin were make on the one hand, like we talked about, make something that would sort of reproduce this genre of story, the coming of age girl story, um, especially when she gets whisked away into a sort of a magical world. And it's like, all right, you're the one who can save the day. What does that look like for you? Okay. Uh, and on the other hand. Um, make a game that is perfect for my my wife, uh, who is a role player, sort of. Um, so awesome. She, she's a role player, and I'm not knocking her ability. It's no. Some, some days she's on board, and some days she's not on board, and uh, she has a very social job. So, are you married to me? Uh, <laughs> he's constantly <laughs> he's constantly trying to invent a game that I will play. Exactly. Okay, I think that that's a good source of inspiration for yeah. a lot of creative people. But uh, so she's my muse. <laughs> sure, and you and your muse uh, wanted. She likes to play games, but sometimes she doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Sometimes she's perfectly happy being the focus of attention and what's going on in the story. Right. Sometimes she'd much rather just be sort of a supporting character, like a helper. Okay. And uh, in Heroin, what I tried to do is make the different roles. So there's the narrator, uh, who kind of controls and describes what's going on and controls all the bad guys and all of the bit players, like a GM. Okay. And then there's the heroine who's the main character and makes all the big choices. Um, like, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to stop this? Okay. Overcome this this thing. Right. Um, and then there's all the little companions who are kind of the the weird, like I'm the uh, I'm the cowardly lion. I'm um, Hoggle from Labyrinth or whatever. Okay. So that role is specifically for my wife because the companion player can decide. I want to. Like totally mess with how the story is going. Okay. So I just want to kind of be a helper in the background. Okay. So you can you uh, okay? So I mean that's one of the great things about the tabletop RPG is that you can. It's really choose your own adventure. I mean you get to pick. And I remember sure. when I was playing D that first D and D adventure. I had never played Dungeons and Dragons before I met you, and we met a witch. And the witch said, "You have three questions." And I go, "How tall are you?" And Andy goes, "Well, that was one." And I was like, "Damn it!" And the other people at the table were like, "No, no, 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 stop talking now. If you could please stop talking now." And, and right, so I never know. Oh, I have not. That's because that's how you learn. That's how you learn how to how to play a tabletop game. It turns out by inadvertently throwing away a question. Kind of a mean GM. No, you are not. But you, but you. Uh, I must have triggered your something. Are, are your are your favorite stories about the, about my game or when I was a mean GM? <laughs> no, I think well because the only other one was the the dragon one. Sure. When uh we found aging dragons and I said um. We had fought these lizard things, and wait, we found aging arrows. Arrows that would make things age. Okay. Right, and then we ran into a baby dragon, and I said, should I shoot it with the aging arrow? And the other three players went, no. (laughs) And he goes, well, if you wanted to. And he knew that they weren't going to let me. (laughs) 
He's like, I don't think you understand. I was like, why would I understand that? Why would I know? Why would I know that dragons become more powerful and, and more magical and more whatever? Right. right. The rest of the world hates the aging. Right. Uh, not in D&D and dragons. <laughs> the rest of us are just reviling the elderly and but putting them in tiny boxes. D&D since we were 13 years old. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful, the two of you. That's how we are taught to respect our elders. He's making a superhero RPG and one of the things that he was, what, one of the, one of the keys, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, is that, um, is that it, the character sheet was simple enough that I could create a character yes. because I'm not good at creating characters. Again, you know, it's like, it's, you know, like you were saying, you make it for, for your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And I know that if she looks at a, at a champion's character sheet, she's just going to go, Nope. 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 Make me a character and I will play. Tell me how many dice to roll and I will be psyched that there's 37 dice involved. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to have to, and cause I, I'm not, I mean, there, there's different levels of liking this, these kind of games where some people have read the books and reread the books and swallowed the books and have memorized the books. Uh, I am not that person at this time. Uh, yourself? Is it, are you, are you book related? I, I'm perfectly happy to play D&D and or read books that I will never use, but I, I <laughs> completely because I have made several D&D characters for my wife in the, I'm willing to play, but I don't want to do any homework. <laughs> right. I can understand that. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, I think that's a very common thing. And, uh, I think about this not just for tabletop RPGs, but also for, for other Board games or? Electronic games and board games and all that. Things that look complicated is a huge turnoff to a lot of people. Right. And we could actually make this industry bigger by making the games look simpler, Mm -hmm. even if they're not simpler. Right? Even if there's really complicated things happening in the game, if we just made the games look simpler, we would get over that hump of, of like, oh, I can't commit to that. Not not even necessarily hiding the complexity, but just like delaying it. So it's like you don't need to know everything before you start. That's right. Can can you can we start playing in twenty minutes? (laughs) I I love that. Please do that uh, with every game ever created, Uh, because I would like to start playing in twenty minutes. Remember that weird Hellraiser game, which was Descent into Hell. Is that what it was called? Uh, Yeah, I think so. It had a bajillion tiny chits, and um, and it was just too. It was too much. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. There were the rings of hell. You were like, I want to go through the rings of hell. Who doesn't? Um, <laughs> oh, virtually through a board game? Yes. <laughs> but it took us an hour and a half to set it up. And I was like, I am done now. And uh, they're like, well, we're going to start playing now. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get a soda. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then weirdly enough in that game, we hit a weird, we hit a weird rules Anomaly, and after an hour and a half of setting up, the game was over in twenty minutes. That's backwards, I think. It's uh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. So, so what um, do you create characters in the heroin thing? Is it like that? Yes, you, there are character sheets. You don't necessarily need them. They're more. Oh, I also like the size of this book. Yes, it uh, is, this is, is one of my biggest. Games and it is fifty-eight pages. Yeah, so blessedly games, short. That's the way, yeah. That's the way. Uh, that's the way games should be for for more casual play. Okay, it can be source books and you know spell books and all those other things for people who want to read expansiony kind of so stuff. Just yeah, absolutely. show you which doesn't help the listener at all. But basically, <laughs> character sheets are what's your name and here's a reminder of how the rules work. They're beautiful. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's all swirly and uh, and and cool, nice font, and it's got there's there's accent aguse, or at least just uh, the eye is dotted in a in a in a, <laughs> in a great fashion. Uh, yeah, it, it, they are beautiful, and it it's like sign here. What is your name of your character? Okay, the story starts when the story starts when, and she enters the story when, and then she usually causes trouble by. Okay, these are yeah. This is almost exactly like yeah. in in the fact that there's five things to fill out, mm-hmm. That's right. and then you may begin playing the game. And I'm not the guy who came up with the idea of doing things that way, but I am 100 percent on board. Um, Do you know who that guy was? Well, we in have, your world, yes. <laughs> okay. We could have whole episodes of. Let me tell you about all these ingenious role playing game designers. Uh, the well, guy yes. who I think. Yes, please. Uh, the, I don't know any of them. Sure, the guy who I think. Uh, I noticed did character sheets right for beginners is Fred Hicks. Um, okay. He, uh, let's see, how would you possibly know him? He uh, is one of the creators of the Dresden Files RPG. Yeah. So, oh, the Dresden File RPG? Yes. Yeah, and there is, there is such a thing. Yeah, yeah all right. But uh, he came up with a game, and it was basically, I think there's five questions that you answer um, on the character sheet, and it's it's got about as much information on it. Like, there's a, right. some check boxes to remind you where you are in the story. In his game, it's kind of about uh, you're an insomniac, and you have been awake for so long that you have gained superpowers and okay. <laughs> access to a crazy world. And basically, it's uh, do you want to become so powerful that you go insane, or do you want to try to run away a lot? And those are really... So basically, it's a game with... A, a death spiral. It's not a literal death spiral, but it's like kind of a right. The more the more powerful you get, the closer yes. you are to the end of your life. Yes, and I really like oh, interesting. That he made it, like his character sheet is as simple as it needs to be. Um, there's another one that I will mention um, by a guy who. Good luck googling this. It's Epidiah Ravishal. Um, the easiest way to find him might be to go to my podcast because he was one of my first guests. You have a podcast. Yeah. What is your podcast? My, well. Oh, Thank you very much. You know, another guest on the <laughs> podcast. I forget which episode it was, but it's it's uh, tellmeanother.net, and it's a podcast about all kinds of storytellers. Oh, that's right. Yes. Hello. It's uh, <laughs> you yes. Have a lovely Jackie Cation on. Yes, I, I was. <laughs> I, I I I was on that one, uh, and so tellmeanother.net. Yes. As as if people want, I mean, I I posted it um, just around, but if they want to listen to all the episodes, they go to tellmeanother.net, and it's also on iTunes and all that stuff, yes. right? Okay. Indeed, please do. Uh, Abadiah Ravishal was one of the first guests, and he made a game called Dread, which uh, the character sheet is uh, answer these five questions. That's the whole thing. Okay. And uh, his game great. is uh, a Jenga tower. And it's sort of like some kind of scary game. It can be zombies or whatever. Right. But whenever the GM tells you, okay, this is what's going on, and you decide, well, I shoot the zombie, you need to make a pull on the, on the Jenga tower <laughs> and throw on top. And if the Jenga tower falls off, yeah. then you have pulled your character, you then describe how your character has died. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a, it's a it's a tell your own the story of your own death yes. game. Okay. You get, okay. You get one oh, paragraph to explain how you just failed miserably. Uh, have the GM do it for you, but basically, it's the the his game is is super clever in that I dare you not to be nervous when you're playing Jenga. Okay. But the uh, whole point of a kind of a scary game is to get slowly more nervous. 
throughout the scary movie or watching right. right. So he just tied the two together. But he also is one of the first people I saw who did the, the kind of fun character. The streamlined, right. yeah, super streamlined. Like, what, what is the, what are the, what's the bare minimum of things you need to know about and your I'll, character to start playing the game? And on the other side, there's the champions. Right. And where then you sort of need to have uh, a, a trigonometry, <laughs> uh, calculus. What's happening? You need to you need to do a lot of number crunching. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's is? Are there any other ones that we haven't? Because I've played uh, now. I've played D and D, and I played Champions, and I've played Pathfinder, right? Which is D and D, but um, uh, Fate. Yes. This is another one where it's where it's. It's a little bit more complicated than five questions, but it's really sort of focused on like, well, how do you define your character as opposed to how does the game define characters okay. and choose one of these things? It's sort of like oh, okay. you make up whatever stats you want. Okay. Kind of I am good at these things, and then you put a number behind it. And the more specific the thing, like if, say, I'm good at fighting, but you're good at sword fighting. Okay. If we're in a sword fight, yours matters more. Okay. But if you're in a fist fight, yeah. then you're even, yeah. kind of. We're just kind of making up. I mean, there are lists that you can use. By the way, Fred Hicks is one of the adventures. One of the designs, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, cool. So, so <laughs> Go Fred Hicks. No, that's, I mean, it's fascinating because uh, do you play a lot of RB, I mean, do you play as many games as possible in addition to? Well, I have two small children. Okay, how that's small? Question. Uh, three months and three years. Aw. So I go to Thank you. as often as I can, and I play with friends as often as I can. Is that your phone? Oh, yeah, but it sounds like it came from across the room. It really, that was perfect. And I turned my phone off for the very first time here at the Dork Forest, uh, so... Uh, Maybe, yeah. So you go to Gen. Now, Gen Con, if people don't know, is uh, a board game convention in Indianapolis. It started out in Lake Geneva, uh, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where uh, I'm from, uh, where, Wisconsin. And where D and D was started. Was D and was Gary Gygax from Wisconsin? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. I don't think I remembered where he was from, but. Well, I'm from Wisconsin. I should know all Wisconsin. Liberace's from Wisconsin. <laughs> we have we have Fred. Ed Gein and bowling. Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, there was bowling, sure. There was, um, but yeah. So yeah. So Jen, but it's in August in Indianapolis, right? And we'll um, we will be there. You will be there pitching your board game, right? I will be doing crackers downtown, ladies and gentlemen, August fourteenth through the eighteenth. Uh, come on down if you're uh, doing Gen Con or live in Indiana. Uh, and so I'll be doing stand up that week, and um, you'll be going to this Gen is Con. Synergy between us here. By this the is way. beautiful. Are you going to Gen Con as well this year? Excellent. Do you go every year, uh, or try to? Family allowing, family right. So sure. every year, or sometimes I'll miss one. Okay. How long has it been going on? Oh, I is don't know. It, I mean, since time. it moved from Lake Geneva to Indianapolis, I suppose it must mm-hmm. at least 10 years. Okay. I want to say 20 or 30. Okay. And it's probably closer to 30. And there's, it's 80,000 people? Oh, I don't remember now. I think it was something like that. Okay. It's a lot of folks. I remember when, because you had never been, right? You went for the first time last year? Yeah, the first time last year. I had a great time. Um, they have a, a terrific, uh, Room called the First Exposure Playtest Hall. Oh yes, where I happen to know the person who runs that. Oh, excellent. What's yes. that, what's that person's name? Uh, Avanel Wing. Yes, that is the greatest name in the world. Avanel Wing. Well played. She is uh, very nice. She is right. very nice. Okay. And uh, yeah, and so she, uh, so I got to, I basically ran my my board game at the first 
first exposure playtest hall last year. Cool. And now that it's been a year of, of iteration, I'm going to do it again. Okay. And then hopefully, and, and then pitch it. Yeah. What's your game called? It's called Brutiki. 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 And we played it yesterday here at Akon, and it was really fun. And it's Norse Tiki yeah, Gods. Norse, Norse Tiki Gods have discovered the South Pacific. Okay. And, uh, and, or sorry, Norse gods have discovered the South Pacific and have become tiki gods. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's a bridge building game. You're building bridges between islands and then you're moving the islands around and you're causing destruction and you're doing that sort of stuff. It's a, you are godlike. Strategy game. Yes. And you and your godlike powers can move those islands around and you can destroy bridges right. and build bridges and, and it was super fun. And, um, so, but that is, um, but there's, but that 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 convention has every kind of game, right? It has yeah, or any, any sort of tabletop game, all table, so board games and RPG games. That's what right. and and you've been at least three or four times, or yeah. and it's vast, like like it's huge stadium size play. You're basically filled with tables of people playing games. Is it like a convention center? Or? A convention yeah. center, yeah. Yeah, the Indianapolis Convention Center is. is pretty large and um, they also take over pretty much all the hotels around there and have seminars and whatnot going on and they're right. wow. doing live action role playing and all the good stuff. You, oh. saw, you saw the two rooms that are here for Yes. Gaming. Picture it's nineteen a, of those or whatever? Picture a hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> so so but the my thing about LARPs, which is live action role playing games, a lot right. of people don't know. Uh the uh they they have to um the the ones that I've seen, and there's only been three or four of them, take like six or seven hours. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of different kinds. Actually, well, we yeah, sit we sit down and play D and D for six there's or seven hours. There's another game that I brought with me. Yes, is that a new? Postcard. A postcard uh, game. It is called Doll. It is a twenty minute two person LARP, which is kind of it is a fun, goofy, scary game that is partly a proof of concept that LARPs don't have to be. A six-hour event? And okay. There are other, um, there's a whole group of LARP designers who do what are called parlor LARPs, which are mm-hmm. um, you could do them in a, in somebody's living room. Okay. Maybe one person will dress up. Maybe everybody will dress up. Whatever. Right. But this is more like what we what we've done with the Enigma games. Is they're 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 considered parlor LARPs. Okay. Or theater LARPs or, or theater LARPs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then so there's a whole like I'm I'm only a fan of LARPs. I'm, uh, I don't consider myself a super expert, but over the past year I've just learned that there are a million different kinds, and not all of them have foam swords. That's right, right. Because are those ones called combat LARPs? Yeah, what the okay, LARPs. okay, combat. Because they, they were selling them down in the dealer room. They were selling foam, the coolest looking swords. The cool uh, swords. <laughs> they were <laughs> clearly not real, and yet they looked real. And they were, you know, there were rapiers, and there were cutlasses, and there were broadswords. But this is this is really cool about like playing in public, just two players. Have you? Um, you should look at a at a festival called Come Out and Play. Okay. Which is uh, a, basically a festival of outdoor games. Mm-hmm. And outdoor games. Oh, right. Is that that thing in New York? Yeah, yeah. They, they run it in New York. They run it in San Francisco and I think several other places now. I'm not sure. Um, but that's super, this is this is like a perfect game for, for come out and play. Nice. So like it, a let your freak flag fly kind of thing. Very like much. Advertising very much. that normal people play these Weird games. Yeah, and it's just what it what it's meant to be is a it's a festival of sort of 
games that people can walk up, like you, they play it in public spaces, they, they, they run it in big public spaces, and people can walk up and just go, oh, this looks fun, can I play? And they, yes, they can. Mm-hmm. And they okay. Because totally th- there's some sign-up, but there's also... Yeah, there might be sign like, like There might be, and they, and they range from being very much sports-like games. So What was the one where you do, where somebody duplicated the game yeah. where Tarzan swings over the... Yeah, we uh, the first one I went to... Uh, I helped a guy. I was basically just a volunteer, and uh, just to see what guy, it was, right? Yeah, um, and he did um, live pitfall in a theater, oh. <laughs> and so basically had a rope swing across the, the stage, and people just sort of cycled through, yes. swinging across. And he projected the classic backgrounds from Pitfall, the old uh, right. background. And uh, and the the only judging were people up in the projection booth actually just watching and going, "Ah, uh, yeah, he fell in the water." <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole game. And that was the whole game, and it was totally fun. There, now, there's another game that there's a there's like three or four different settings for called Parsley, like P-A-R-S-E, mm-hmm. um, Parsley. And the premise of that is, you know, the old text adventures like Zork and all those other ones. Where yeah. It's like uh, so. Imagine the GM is holding a, his little uh, clipboard, and you're the player. You step up on the stage, and he says. You are in a forest. You have a sword. Exits are north and west. <laughs> and he just looks at his little flow chart, and you say, I go west. And he'll say, oh, you see an ogre. And they'll do, uh, they'll do you know, lines out the door, and people tend to die in, like, the first uh, oh, okay. turn. But then you'll listen to the last guy, and you're like, oh, there's an ogre over there. Uh, I can't kill him with my sword. So, so each, each player is the life. Yes. And so you're... you're, you're Oh, it's just a row of, and, and essentially you're learning the from oh, it's evolution. What, that's uh, what's the name of that game? That memory is only so long, right? <laughs> well, I suppose, right? So, so if you're like, if you're like the seventh person back, mm-hmm. you don't hear how the first person died. Oh, right. So you could repeat, you could repeat that. Okay, that's. I like institutional memory games. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, there was that one. Then there was the uh, come out and play. Circle Circle Rules Football was a, like a really sports, like the sports oriented game where you're, we, you know, it was, it was a, a giant field and there were people running all over playing this 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 uh, this ball game. And then there was like a like a keep away sort of sort of game that was played uh, that was also very sports like. Mm-hmm. But then they also play. Um, Sort of scavenger hunt games throughout okay. the city. Oh, right. And then there was some game where you had to get people to dance across Times Square with you. That's right. There was, uh, there was, it was, yeah, your, your goal was to, uh, it was to, to get people who are crossing the street to dance across the street with you. Okay. And, uh, and, it, and it worked, right? It people, worked. Some people did it. And people did it and people were having a great time. So that's one where, where the players are actually like encouraging other people to join the game that way. I like that. Right. And then there was something between the shuttle, the, the, the right. subway? A, there was, uh, there was a game. So the, what's that little tiny piece of subway that runs between? Just the S, the, the shuttle. The shuttle? Yeah, it's just yeah. the S train. Uh, in New York. Um, between uh, Grand Central and think, Penn Station. Correctly, the goal was to get people to carry something, like carry a colored token. Yeah, like a flag or something. To the other side and give it to somebody else on the other side. Okay. And so you had team members on either side and you were basically like trying to find people who would be willing to do this in rush hour in New York. And yeah, so I mean, <laughs> it's so interactive that um and and super short. So you ran the 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 graveyard larp. Right, right. So the next a time year, travel uh, they, they they moved the game out to um to Brooklyn. 
and there was a great uh, there's a great great big historical graveyard out there called uh, can't remember I can't remember uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and yeah so they 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 had actually asked me it's like can you design a, a LARP to be played in this graveyard and and so uh, some friends of mine and I designed the LARP for it and uh, yes. um, and then I got there and realized that the graveyard was actually much bigger than I thought it was from the maps. Like, the maps didn't give me a, a good sense of scale, and I realized that, that the graveyard was, like, three times oh my. larger than wow. so all the places that I had. Oh, we're far... To, like, like, people should go in the, in the graveyard, and it's like, yeah, those are miles apart. <laughs> <laughs> those are not, like, hundreds of yards apart. Those are, like... You were hoping it was a tiny Boston cemetery instead of a giant... Brooklyn Cemetery? Yeah. Well, I just I didn't realize. Yeah, there's the wood, and you showed me the maps. I had no idea myself. So, could have been anything. So I ended up having to, like in the last like the day before it started like, all right, well, let me let me find a corner of this graveyard to play in. But people had fun, and it uh, it was uh, I, it it didn't go off as well as I anticipated, but uh, but people had fun. Good. Yeah. And so, how long have you been writing games? Um, uh, well. Publishing maybe three years and you know playing around and I've been but, playing but, for but writing games yes. like making games for your friends. How long? Right. That's what counts. <laughs> I would say you get credit for all of it. I would say my brother and I probably started fifteen years ago in writing very poorly designed additions to whatever it was you know sure. our superhero games of choice oh, at yeah. the time. It's yep. Like oh well, this is clearly. Uh, unbalanced, which is a notorious problem for superheroes. <laughs> yes, it's like I'm invisible and invincible. You can have whatever powers you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, as what we use, you know, like 15 to 16 year olds were, were able to figure out exactly how it should be really fair. Uh, <laughs> sure. Right, you got to fair it up. Right. Well, that's the that's the way that these things work, right? <laughs> right. As are, are there are there games that you just like playing right now that that you would recommend for the listener? Sure. Uh, I mean, besides besides heroin. Uh, Oh, of course, there's heroin, and then there's the expansion Girls Elsewhere. Well, if if you're into LARP, uh, there is a LARP that I'm going to be publishing, but I did not write. It's coming out next month, I want to say, that is loosely inspired by heroin, but it's got all its own rules. It's just sort of a, you know, hey, you like that Labyrinth and Alice in Wonderland thing? Here's a LARP version of it. That's called Dangers Untold, and it's by a... Live action writer named Shoshana Kesik, who's a nice uh, New York uh, grad student in the area of game design. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's cool. Um, uh, And then just for fun, I would say check out a game. uh, Again, I need to pick games by people who are easier to spell, but check out a game called Zombie Cinema. (laughs) You can find it on Indie Press Revolution. Okay. It's by a Finnish man named Ero Tuolvinen. Oh, so good luck on that one. oh wow. Nice well played on the... I, I had to I had to ask for multiple people to help me with that. <laughs> uh, but he uh, has sort of a VHS cassette box that inside it is all you need to play a two-hour-long zombie game. And that's uh-huh. a great convention game because you can just kind of rope people in. And right. it is... It is highly unlikely that more than one person will survive, but I, oh, even good. games where, you know, like in D&D, if you die, you're done playing. Yeah. Um, you have to make a new character or something, cinema, right? In zombie cinema, if you die, you get to help play the zombies. So, sure. Uh, when people die, they tend to always be laughing and still on, yeah. on board with the rest of the game. And I've, yeah. I've run that at Gen Con 
for people who have never played role-playing games before, and everybody seems to have a pretty good time with it. Yeah, it's cool. A, it's a it's a genre that people get. Yeah. Right, and then that zombie like, thing, or yeah, and they're perfectly happy to play zombies too. Like once they're once they're done being scared of the zombies, and it's it's almost cathartic to go and be a zombie because usually one of your friends has thrown you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's your mission to make sure that they don't make one. But the analogy, the analogy of right. society, man, we all just give up and eventually become the zombie, man. That's how it goes. We all just get these jobs and offices, and now we're just zombies. Yep, I was the I, I played in one of those sort of games and uh, I was one of the the six human players mm-hmm. to start the game uh, six living people yeah and uh, uh, the the GM was was very smart about it he let us be in this house for probably four or five hours just like watching movies playing games before the zombies attack so we had like all this time to sort of relax and sort of get used to like oh we're just here in this space and, right and then all of a sudden it was like a zombie attack Yes. And it was great. All right, because they were at the windows, weren't they? Yeah, they were at the windows, and, the, and and it was, and they had timed it like he had he had gotten all these people, other people, to be zombies, <clears throat> and uh, they had, and they hit the windows at the same time all around the house, and it was terrifying. <laughs> it was freaking terrified. Yeah, I would not play that game. Uh, but uh, but didn't he had, he had even enlisted? And this is a great story. He had enlisted. <laughs> Um, so there was. Was this Aaron Vanek? Uh, no, it was R- Richard Becker. Richard Becker made this story. Richard okay. Richard made this game. And, uh, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Richard Becker. Uh, um, but he had, uh, uh, there was a husband and wife, and because they had small children, at any given game, only one or the other of them would play, and the other one would stay home with sure. the children. Sounds familiar. Uh, so, yep, sounds so right. Mom was playing, dad was home with the kids. Um, they were playing, the, the, the humans were playing themselves. So the idea was that the, the, the scenario was you are yourselves in a world that does not have zombie movies or zombie – you don't know anything about zombies. There's no, there's no tradition of zombie stories. So, um, so at one point she says, well, I'm me, right? I need to call my family. Oh. And she didn't know that he had already enlisted the husband? her family. Yeah. And so – she calls, and her daughter, who's maybe four, answers <laughs> and says, there's something wrong with Daddy. <laughs> and you hear in the background, <laughs> Wow. That is some deep, deep play, my friends. Play. <laughs> that is awesome deep in the stuff. dark forest. Awesome stuff. But yeah, everybody, everybody's on board with zombie, zombie games. Right. Andy has approximately uh, 22 to 47 people that he can play games with at any moment. At any moment. It's okay. awesome. In yeah. Los Angeles. When we met, he said, we will never move because uh, I cannot <laughs> find people to play games with in other cities. I, I tried to they're there. It didn't work. Yeah, they're there. I just can't find them fast enough. And I was like, fair enough. If you go to Gen Con for three or four years in a row, you will find... One person in every city, which <laughs> yes, is not true. exactly a solution. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good start because yes. they might be connected to three other people. Yeah, right. And um, so, but do you have such a community here in the Dallas area? You know, uh, we, there's a monthly board game meetup. Um, and we went, we've been two or three times ever. Okay. And, uh, I would certainly recommend people in Dallas go and check it out. I think it's called... Um, Dallas Games Marathon, but the f- very first time we met, we met f- 
uh, two other couples who are our age and into exactly the same kind of board yeah. games and uh, role perfect. games. Perfect. And we have so that was that was probably six years ago, and we've been hanging out with them ever since. And whenever now we all have plenty of young kids right now, but. Whenever we get the chance, we can. Right, but that's fortuitous that you would meet them all uh, and then know each other. Right. And it, if you have kids that are about the same size and the same age, and that's that's extra handy, right? Yeah, okay. like, go, go roll around like puppies, and Play we're going to the kids become board game dates for half yes. of the adults. We're working on getting the oldest, who are about five, into Pokemon and that kind of stuff because it's kind of a little gateway drug for them. Right, right. There was one of his friends. Um, ha- they have a small child and. And he was always around. And so we were playing Candyland once and, um, Judy comes over to the mom and says, how's it going? I said, he's doing pretty well. I'm not letting him win. She goes, oh, please don't let him win. He's going to be playing games for the next 70 years. He has to learn how that it so doesn't matter. There'll be another game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, good. I mean, I'm not going to kick his ass. He's five. It seems rude. And, and honestly, you can't in Candyland. Yeah. Candyland it's completely is, random. is a terribly designed game. Oh. I see. It's there's it plays itself. Yeah, it's it, there's no choices. You just you just it's just colors. Follow the rules. Right, right. Here's here's how to. It's basically a training game for for kids, so you can teach them how to follow rules. Okay. Of games. Oh, the next game. Yeah. It's like this is how games are played. This is how games are played. Follow okay. The rules. And then and later on, we'll, we'll, we'll introduce you to something more interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we actually got a. We get Highlights Magazine, the the even younger kids version for my three year old. Wow. And they had a board game inside of that game, which I thought was. And, and I don't know why I'm harping on Candyland, but I thought <laughs> it was better designed than Candyland. So he and I played that until it fell apart. Well, any any choice point would make it a better game, right? It was very like it was a very similar looking. Board, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Do you want, do you want to go to the apple or do you want to go to the banana? Right. And oh, they've already they've del- they've doubled your fun. Yes. They've doubled your fun because <laughs> exactly. they and uh, <laughs> you could take two different routes. Uh, yeah, I mean, have you ever played Quirkle? Have you seen Quirkle yet? I've seen it and I hear good things. It is uh, Idiot Scrabble, and I like it because I'm terrible at Scrabble. Okay. And for some reason, as a person who deals in uh, language all the time, I hate that I'm bad at. Scrabble, so I can't play Scrabble. Uh, but Quirkle, it's just shapes and colors. I don't care if I'm bad at shapes and colors, it turns out. Uh, I can, I can be a moron about it. No. It is not hooked up with how I am at, at uh, getting shapes and colors in the right order. So, uh, so I can play Quirkle. And how great would it be if I could look at my tiles of Quirkle and one day get good at Scrabble? How great would that be? I think it might help. It can't hurt, for the love of God. Well, I don't understand why I can't see words. You know, I, I, we didn't, we didn't really, we, we barely touched on this doll game, but I want to go back to it because I'm, I'm looking at these cards and it's one player plays the doll and one okay. player plays the child. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. It's it's supposed to be a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that it's a tri- <laughs> it it's sort of a creepy. trigger for a lot of people. Yeah. The the creepy toy is a right. element that a lot of people are like. Oh no no no. But, <laughs> but, yeah. But it doesn't have to be creepy. It does not. Yes. The, the in doll the pitch for it is uh, one player plays the child, one player plays the doll, and the doll doesn't always tell the truth about important things. So it's a 20-minute game, and uh, the child is essentially uh, – there's a sort of a, a 
order of a few events happening, <laughs> and the child player doesn't know exactly what's going on. The doll player decides, this is what's really going on, and whenever the child asks me, I get to decide whether I'm telling the truth or not. Okay. And uh, it's, so, it, the, the, the child player tends to be... Just yeah. furious at the doll? Yes. It's like, I am going to throw this doll away. (laughs) And then that doll becomes Chucky and starts killing children. It never ends with the doll having completely convinced the child. Well, you, uh, the mechanic, so that's, those are the rules. Mm -hmm. The sort of random element is you basically play a version of rock, paper, scissors Mm -hmm. and, uh, except the child only wins one out of three times. And whenever the child wins, the doll has to tell the truth. The, the rest of the time, the doll can decide whether or not it's uh. So some of the scariest <laughs> ones are when the doll never lies, and the the child player just assumes that there's something ominous going on in the background. Uh, but yes. if your parents are fine, they're just in the basement doing <laughs> the plumbing. And that is literally what's happening. But the child player assumes, that's that's too easy. There's got to be, you know, my parents are both dead. Right, right, right. right. And they can't, they can't get... They can't well, get the win to get the truth answer yes. at the right moment. Well, you've officially creeped me out, and I won't be playing it. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Play in public. Bring a doll, puppet, or other toy. <laughs> She's wrong. We'll play. <laughs> you play the doll and speak for the doll. Oh, like you really do. Like when you're playing doll. Yeah. Okay. Like when you're playing any action figure doll. Talk to the doll. Talk to the hand. Talk to the hand that's got a doll in it. And um, the doll knows everything but isn't always honest. Oh, creep factor nine. It's, uh, <laughs> you can find it if, if you aren't sure you want to play. Yeah. If you go to a YouTube and search for – I think it's – I have a YouTube channel that has maybe like five or six things on it. But So if you search for Josh T. Jordan, you might be able to find it. There are some recordings of me playing doll with people and, <laughs> uh, and other people playing it. Yeah. Excuse me, there's a, a guy who has a Salvador Dali doll. Yeah. And he does just the creepiest. <laughs> Everything is okay. There's nothing to worry about. Well, as soon as the doll starts talking, uh, you've definitely entered into a world well, that. You could give it a creepy voice or you could give it a, a, a nice voice. G, uh, G Willikers, everything's fine. I'm wearing a baseball cap. I'm your doll with a baseball cap. Yeah. And you're like, I'm still creeped out because you're a doll. <laughs> well, I don't know which is a creepier voice. The normal one? <laughs> right. Whether it's you, your bane or if it's like, and, or something. Right. What sort of, what sort of voice would, uh, would Laddie have? Oh, my, I have a, dog, so right. Laddie doesn't have, yeah, there's not a lot of chatter with Laddie. Uh, my childhood, uh, stuffed animal is a, uh, is a dog. Laddie, uh, because for some reason I loved Lassie, but I wanted a boy dog. So I named him Laddie. And, um. Makes sense. Sure. And, uh, because I was reading Jim Kielgard and I wanted, what I really wanted was, uh, was, uh, an Irish setter. I wanted Big Red or Outlaw Red. Which were the two books brought up in an earlier episode of the Dork Forest, um, and uh, they're, they're, they were outlo- the fact that that woman knew. I hope that that episode, yeah, I, there was an episode I did here at Acon with um, with Kristen McGuire, and um, I brought up a children's book that I had read as a child. Uh, 
could have happened here. No, right, because I'm more than willing to. Now, now, more than willing to. You got a new children's book you want me to read? Feel free. Jackie at JackieCasion.com. Send it to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but, uh, the, the dog books were, um, written by a guy named Jim Kielgard, and there was one about a show setter, like a, like a, a dog show dog, and it was an Irish setter. And it was named Big Red. And then Big Red sired a dog that was a rebel. And that dog was Outlaw Red. And Outlaw Red ran away. <laughs> and Outlaw Red runs into the woods and, uh, in Tennessee or Kentucky or whatever. And then comes back and springs free a girl dog so that they, you know, he wouldn't want to be alone. And, uh, so they go off into the woods and, um, and I forget what she, but she actually remembered this Christian McGuire. She remembered all these things about Outlaw Red and about the inj- Oh, I know. There was a line in the Jim Kielgard book about how you, uh, they were going to get rid of Outlaw Red because, um, the, the boy already owned two dogs and there wasn't enough love in his heart to have three dogs. I know it. It seemed a little dark. <laughs> I was like, and they're a, dogs. And a little insulting to the kid. Yeah. I, I think they can't love three, da- three dogs. That's there's a small heart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Two pets per person is the rule in Los Angeles. You can only have two cats. You can only have two dogs. That's you your c- rule. That is not my rule. That's a city of rule. City ordinance. What? In is Los it? Angeles. Yeah. You can only have two no. pets. Yeah. Hence the, hence the television program. Hence Animal. All the stray cats. Animal hoarders. Yeah. Oh, and crazy cat lady who lives right. by us who has stray, stray cats, uh, in quotes, which is why she gets to have 11 cats or whatever. Yeah. And feed them all. They never come inside. They're not hers. And yet they're hers. She feeds them. They're her cat. She named them. Anyway. Well, does, does that also mean that the possums and the raccoons who also eat the food are her cat or her? Or her pets? I saw some sort of rodent the other day. It was a waddle waddle. What? Possum. Is that a, is, is, does a possum waddle with a pointy tail? Yep. Yeah, that's an ugly animal. A little scary. Yeah. Yeah, they look like skull faces. No, I've only seen the butt. And I'm okay with that. Them coming (laughs) at me with their skull faces would be less. (laughs) Where's that? Where's that 20 minute game? Me and my pet possum. (laughs) (laughs) The doll could be played by a possum. What are the other cards? Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, are they more of the same or? As sort of a, well, so I've got two copies of Bell here. Sure. As, as half a joke, half a design exercise, you know, every role playing game needs an expansion. Doll is, <laughs> doll is, doll is a, a postcard sized card. Is, yes. <laughs> and so this is Advanced Doll. Which is <laughs> advanced Doll. It's another postcard. Yes. Fantastic. Longer sections. Longer sessions. Reverse doll. doll. The child must help the doll understand the world. Oh. See, I would want to play that, where the child helps the doll. Multiple children, multiple dolls, so multiple multiplayer. <laughs> multiple children. And actually, you know, I take it back. Advanced doll is is two, and it seems like I only brought one, so that you only have half the expansion. But the whole point of it is, you obviously, you can just pick one of these paragraphs and, and say, all right, I've played doll enough. Now right. I want to play reverse doll. Right. That's great. Uh, that is great. Good. Nice work. That is, um, so do you, um, do you have a day job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I want you to not have a day job, but it's, it seems to be the obvious thing with, because yeah. uh, you're an indie game designer. Indeed. Yeah. I know uh, maybe two game designers who do not have a day job. I work. Excuse me, I work at an accounting office, and I'm slowly working on maybe going back to 
get my PhD someday. But oh, for fun. Now, yeah, you work in an accounting office and you make games. So, and you have children. Did I read also that you're a minister? Indeed, yes. That is another job that I have that does not pay all the bills. I was, I was going to say that can't pay more than a hundred bucks a week. Uh, so, um, and then you got the podcast. Yes. Which uh, is another non-paying. You've really got a good a good fiscal plan going here. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's, I, a, it's a good collection. You've got a good collection of. Uh, yeah, it's fun. And of things that will almost pay you. Yes. And <laughs> if any one of those things decides to start making more money, right. then, you know, accounting won't ever go anywhere. Right. And accounting, it's definitely one of those things that will always be there. So that's... Um, would PhD be in theology? Uh, it probably would be something more game or story related. It's, like fiction writing, or no? There are game design programs, yes, especially in Europe, and a few of them are oh. game related. Yeah, oh really? And those are the ones that I'm interested in. But there's also um, what? Are, what are the? Is are they in Germany where the where where all great board games? Actually, in uh, Denmark is a good one. And right, this the is Scandinavian. Scandinavian uh, if you'll talk to Aaron Aaron Vanek, friend of the show, uh, he will tell you all about the Scandinavian LARP community, which is which is super academic. In, in because they're really? more socialist countries, you can have a government sponsored club about anything. Okay, which has been going on long enough that the LARP clubs are actually fairly well put together organizations, and they have conventions there just for. Not ju- not just for games, not just for LARPs, but you know this one's about this is very specific kind of. This is historical fiction LARP. Yeah. This is um, this is, science like, fiction you know, LARP. LARPs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, weird. All that to say that it's popular enough there to support some PhD programs, but there, the sort of game studies academic world is maybe ten years old. So oh. I'm still figuring out if I pursue that. Uh, where is there going to be a full-time job on the other end? Because I don't want to live in Denmark forever. Right, right. right. Though I hear that they live forever because they have a really good uh, social uh, net. But it does get a little chilly. It is chilly. But uh, and where are we now? Dallas. Okay. Well, I'm a Minnesota uh, boy. Oh, are you from Minnesota? Where are you from Minnesota? Uh, Rochester is where I lived a long Ah, Rochester. A southern Minnesota way. Everybody else can call me. The balmy, the balmy warmer. (laughs) Yes, that's where the Mayo Clinic is. It's, um, the, I had, I've had one show there one time, did so poorly, got one laugh when I said, how many people in the audience are just here killing time waiting for a loved one to die? And that's the only laugh I got. Because the entire audience thought it was the most hilarious thing I had ever seen. Because I had been eating it for about 25 minutes. And they were like, Oh, this is not good. Please say something at least shocking. And so I did. And our lives were made better because of it. And then, and then I never returned to Rochester, <laughs> Minnesota to do stand-up comedy. <laughs> Although I understand there is a comedy club there now. It's been, I've been to Dallas long enough that I couldn't tell you for sure. Sure. See, so, so you don't have to do comedy in the, uh, in the waiting room at the, at the Mayo Clinic. No, I no longer have to. <laughs> I was not. It was a dive bar. <laughs> it was a dive bar and there was, you know, it's never good when the waitress has a bloody nose. Ooh. Yeah. I'm so, no, oh, I'm sorry. I did not mean that to get that reaction from you guys are correct <laughs> because you're human. I am clearly some sort of cybernetic being that I'm like, no, it's not. People it's, get bloody noses for a variety of reasons. Right. I don't know if she had been punched somebody, in the face. Somebody, somebody just punched her in the face. <laughs> or meth. Uh, I guess is one of those two things, some sort of drug. Too far 
Northern North. I don't. I shouldn't know this. Oh. As a Midwestern, I think they might be too far north for a lot of meth. Oh no no no! There's meth everywhere now. No, oh yeah! If you, it, ladies, anywhere, rangers of the dark forest, if you're looking for meth, anywhere, I recommend anywhere that people have allergies. You find why? The Sudafed. Oh okay. Oh right. <laughs> it's a Sudafed joke. I was like, no, I missed it. When I, when I lived in Iowa, uh, which I also did for a long time. Yep. Um, there were a, there was a lot of meth production in kind of shady parts of that because I guess one of the one of the main components is related to it's something that farmers would legitimately have. Okay. So oh, so they could and yeah. Like, hey, well, we have a lot of this. You might as well. Yeah. If you want to find uh, where meth is happening, find the railroad uh, and then just follow it to sort of near the outskirts of town. You will, uh, in the Dakotas, you'll find a couple of Native Americans uh, doing uh, Lysol. And then right near there, you'll find some sort of meth lab. It's very sad. It's one of the saddest. Uh, in other words, please. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're talking about games. game is coming out of here. Right, what's the meth game? Breaking Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. A Breaking Bad game would be would be pretty fascinating, but I don't think it would be make about like the making meth, of meth. Meth making. It would be about the the sort of bigger world. Yeah. Oh, where where um. Where there are bad guys and 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 conflict. Okay, so it could be it could just be a like a mob kind of game yeah. or a mafia kind of game or something. Okay, it's and then, and then the bromance between. Oh, between Walt and and the and the kid. And the kid. All right, that was so not a bromance. They were there was just like heads a button, and then eventually, spoiler alert, was, was it a bromance? <laughs> <laughs> All right, defined that's as how, that's how romances start. You know, that's how it is. Yeah, on I mean, page forty-seven, they kiss. Kiss, kiss, kiss. On page one hundred twenty-seven, they decide they like each other. Ah, uh, and then I think. He, have you read Harlequin Romances? I think that's the formula. And <laughs> there is definitely a formula. It's um okay. So we are at we're near an hour. But do you want to get into something? Um, no, I was just going to ask about uh, you talked about maybe going back and getting a PhD. Do you have a master's now? Yes. In okay. Theology. In theology. Okay. Oh, cool. Where'd you get that? Dallas Theological Seminary. Catchy, All right. catchy. All right. <laughs> nice work. Where'd you get your undergrad? Uh, University of Iowa. Okay, nice. Quad cities? No, Iowa City. Iowa City. There we go. Uh, my my knowledge of of Iowa is scattered. You're only about an hour off. Right. Well, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's fine. All right. It's, I, all right. I, I don't. I can't judge. I have absolutely no knowledge of Iowa. You you do not. You were raised in Central California, right. so well, northern. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Is it because you listen to podcasts and oh, so yes. you know where like yeah. the Los Angeles based podcasts are? Mm-hmm. Are there San Francisco based podcasts? Oh my gosh, well, yes. Uh, that you listen to. Jordan Jesse Go is virtually a San Francisco based podcast because uh, Jesse Filling mentions being from San Francisco. Every episode? episode. Fair enough. <laughs> and yet he lives in Eagle Rock or Silver Lake or some damn thing. And um well, that's interesting because there, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that because there's a large, wherever there are comics, there's definitely podcasts and then, uh, and then everybody else gets to do them as well. Do you it's listen the great- to some other game, game podcasts? I do. Um, I actually listen to more comedy podcasts now, but there are, there are as many game podcasts as 
What are some good ones? Uh, if you go to rpgpodcasts.com, you can find a bunch. Wow. Or spookyouthouse.com. There's a website for everything, it turns out. It turns out. There's a big list. Um, I'm trying not to mention the ones that are no longer there because uh, they you know, stopped recording. Oh, right. Uh, the Jank cast out of Chicago is pretty good. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'm throwing a bunch of people out of the bus because they don't come to mind immediately. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but if you go to those two yeah. of those websites, there's a, there's a big list, and a lot of them are just a bunch of goofy, funny people. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, you know, the All Things Comedy is the podcast network that I'm in. And it's almost entirely stand-up comics. And, but it's, but it's all different kinds of, of podcasting. Like the Crab Feast is all storytelling. And then, um, I mean, it can be Crab Feast. Crab Feast. It's a crab feast where they they have a feast and then uh, you tell stories to each other. That's the theory. So you get to listen to them eat crab. Uh, blessedly, there's no eating. There's no eating happening. Doug Benson has an eating podcast, but I don't know if there's a lot of nom 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 and then talk talk talk. Oh, if they figured out how to not eat into the mic as much. <laughs> All podcasts learn that. <laughs> that is a right. I had one episode with Matt Knutson where I ate an entire shrimp ring. Me, him, and and uh, dang it, I'm spacing the third third uh, comic. But Matt Knutson brought like a giant shrimp ring, and how can you not eat a shrimp ring that's in front of you? Right, yeah, and, you got to eat it while it's fresh. And we could have stuck so, it in the fridge. Let me ask you uh, okay. another question, another gaming question. Um, what are you excited about playing that you haven't yet played? Board game or I want to uh, role playing uh, game or I want to video game play lots of games because my kids are five years old and can play with themselves. Uh, no, uh, I want to play more uh, American freeform games, which are just that's a broad category for things that are a little bit like LARP and a little bit like tabletop. Mm-hmm. There's one that's coming out called Night Witches by Jason Morningstar. He's he's come up with several. Um, but Fiasco is one of his first that I am aware of. It's basically if a Coen's Brothers movie were a game. Oh, cool. Halfway through, you roll some dice to see what terrible thing has gone wrong. So the first half of the game, you build essentially your world, and then there's a certain point where you roll dice and go, oh, well, that fell apart. So the last time I played that one, I was a... Uh, gay cake designer who two-thirds of the way through the game my bakery exploded and I died. Aww. Uh, which is okay because I had, I was sleeping with the groom and uh, <laughs> I would have ruined the wedding if I had lived. Exactly, and now they could marry and be happily yeah. ever after. Uh, but no, no, resolve. Yeah, you guys have the game called Night Witches, which is a, a game that's about a historical group of people who are these Russian lady pilots in World War II who would fly into German-occupied territory, turn off their engines, and then just coast for miles and miles, and then drop bombs. So they were stealth planes because they would turn their planes off. So they were basically just gliding in? Is this a real thing? Yes. Based on a real... Awesome. Only the Russians. Yes. Good job, Russians, on how brave you are, but how stupid are you? Because that's crazy talk. What's awesome about this is it just shows you you can make games about anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's true. All right, let's uh, let's recap uh, some some websites, and uh, we have at Josh T Jordan for Twitter, and um and and the and and the for for heroin and all and, and all of your games. What's a good site? 
you can, uh, I could give you my blog, but I will tell you instead where to buy them. Which okay. Uh, IndiePressRevolution.com. Okay. Uh, or if you just want the digital download, you can go to drive through. That's through T I. T-H-R-U, drivethroughrpg.com. Okay, and I'll link those too. And uh, my little company is called Ginger Goat. So you can either search for the title heroin or you can search for Ginger Goat and you'll be able to find anything. Ginger Goat, like a red-haired goat? Yes. Okay, cool. Or, or a guy who has red hair only on his goatee. Oh, fair enough. Ah. Ginger Goat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm looking at your goatee. Okay. So, and how about you, Andy Ashcraft? Where where can people see your games? Oh, um, uh, oh, um, my uh, my game. Well, you'll be able to see it at. You'll be able to see Brutiki at the uh, first Exposure Playtest Hall at Gen Con. Right. And I if people, I don't know the times yet. Okay, but if you go to uh, GiantsDanceGames.com is where you'll see my resume. And, <laughs> and other games you've other, made. A few other things. But and there are piranhas uh, there, too, if you yeah, want to play. piranhas there, but, but yeah, that's fine. It's a print-and-play little fast game that, that came, out of a, yeah, yeah. came out of the game, de- game, game design workshop. All right, so Giants is plural. Games is plural. Right. Dance is singular. Yes. Giants so Dance really, Games. But really, come to Gen Con and play Brutiki. Play Brutiki. Come to Gen Con, play whatever game Josh is 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 going to run and, and pitch there. Indeed, yeah. If you go to Games on Demand, I will be volunteering there. That is a place where you can go, show up, no preparation needed, and they'll give you some kind of weird Awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, hey, this has been great. I've learned a great deal about game design, and I've learned the dolls continue to creep everyone out. So thanks for listening, Rangers. Take care out there. Bye. Thanks for listening. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?